1: Hello and welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and joining me, back once again, is Manu Vet. Manu, how are you? Golazo.
2: Yeah, I'm doing really well. <laughs> I'm back in Canada, back on, uh, you know, in, in America, on the continent, and uh, close to closer to Mexico, closer to the time zone that I need to. Get ready for Liga MX action, and, and I'm just very excited. It's we're only about a week and a half, ten days away um, for it yeah. to, to kick off again. And uh, I think we, I mean, it's safe to say we're, we're both very excited to have it back, don't we?
1: Massively, yeah. I mean, no, you know, disrespect to uh, the international uh, you know games that we've had, and Mexico have uh, more or less been performing like they would, uh, I suppose, a club side. Yeah, that regular that they've been playing since the the Liga MX uh, off season, but you know we we fell in love with the uh, the league more than the uh, national football, didn't we? So, um, yeah, we'll definitely welcome that back. But we, we're going to be talking in a little bit, um, you know, about the two games that are happening this weekend, aren't we?
2: Yeah, I mean those those are going to be they're basically the the double header in LA to kick off the season, I guess. Um, or to you know slowly get people's attention towards Liga MX, and it's it's a big show event in the the up center in, in Carson, which is basically um, a part of Los Angeles, and we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a moment, I guess. But it is you know the curtain raiser seven days before the actual league kicks off, not this Friday but the Friday following Friday.
1: Yeah definitely and I I know obviously uh people based in the UK would see it as maybe uh the charity shield uh you know which people get excited about just because it's a return of football uh but uh, it it's a little bit more feisty than that and uh, Manu I take it they have the same in uh, Germany they they have an equivalent.
2: Yeah they do. Uh, they have the um Super Cup just like they, they do. Uh well, I guess that's the, like the charity shield in the United Kingdom right? Or just between the Cup winner and the champion. So this year will be Borussia Dortmund against Bayern, which seems to be the, the eternal here in Germany. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's, it is similar to the United Kingdom. But as we will discuss, it's not like that at all in Mexico. Uh, well, we'll probably spend a good chunk again explaining the ins and outs of um, how to qualify for these particular games. And what they used to <laughs> meant and what they don't mean anymore. And <laughs> it's, um, yeah, regulations and uh, how the, the, the football um, is put together in Mexico is a little bit different than the rest of the world. But I guess we'll get to that in due course.
1: Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll definitely be touching on that topic. And, yeah, they, they've certainly done a uh, – well, they've, they've stuck to their tradition of doing things a little bit differently, haven't they? But, um, yeah, we're, we're going to speak – Stick to the uh, international football, uh, just to begin with. Uh, since the uh, last podcast, uh, we actually had uh, two new members on there, which will return um, in the next few weeks. But um, since then, uh, we've had uh, Juan Carlos uh, Osorio banned uh, for uh, a few games. Uh, Manu, what, what exactly has he done to bring this on? And uh, do you think it was uh, it was just madness? Madness. <laughs> You know, that
2: seems to be the name of the game if you're the manager of uh, L3. Um, yeah, this happened at the Confederations Cup. I guess this is maybe the last time I'm going to mention the Confederations Cup for some time. I got the email <laughs> from FIFA the day it happened, and I was thinking, wait, what? Um he said of a whole bunch of obscenities during the third place game to the referee, fans, etc. Um, a couple of words that we... One word in particular that we often uh, replace with a duck in our WhatsApp chat. Um, mm-hmm. You can go figure out what it is. And um, got himself banned for six matches. Now you could be a cynic and say he just wanted a holiday from the Gold Cup. But... um it seems that, you know, we, we talked off the part about Miguel Herrera, didn't we, Price, who got himself fired from managing the Mexican national team by um, having a rather, uh, an account of the third kind with a journalist um, outside the, of a game. And uh, it seems that you, there's always a bit of madness when it comes to Mexico's national team um, you and Carlos Osorio, of course, is, this is another statistic that kind of blew us away. He's the 12th head coach in nine years. Now, that would be an amazing stat for
1: a club team, let alone a national team, right, Bryce? Oh, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous, really. I mean, I don't really know, uh, you know how you can expect any stability you know, within this side. And so that, that's obviously... Obviously, after the Confederations Cup, where some were saying that maybe Mexico should have done a little bit better than fourth place, and you know maybe weren't good enough against uh, Germany's so-called B team uh, in that four-one loss, uh, you're calling for Osario's heads. Uh, but you know what? What does that do? It's just going to set you back even further. Um, I mean, we spoke in the last part about uh, you know how the three of us all agreed that. Uh, you know, one it doesn't make any stability, does it? You know, it doesn't set you, uh, you know, off on the right foot. I don't think going into the World Cup, especially as they've not qualified, but um, also there's probably no other better man for the for the job currently as well. So, yeah, I, I think they should um, they should stick with them and just see it out. I mean, if 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 he then gets uh, the Gold Cup uh, out of the way, especially if they get a win, that that would be brilliant. It'd be an added bonus, but. Uh, and I'm sure they're taking it fairly serious, but it's it's not really the end of the world. I think the main thing is that they've qualified for the World Cup. Um, they're going to want to get the team together, get a bit of uh, familiarity, you know, in that team, and yeah, take the World Cup in the best stead they possibly can, you know. I and I mean, there's going to be high expectations, isn't there? Always with uh, Mexico, as they they love their football, but you know, I think what we've seen from the Confederations Cup is that you know they're they're not going to be. Contenders, they're not going to be in you know the semi-finals, maybe. But if they get to the knockouts and go as far as they can, then you know that would well, be a fairly decent tournament for them. I I think, and yeah, I, I think I think Osario's been you know a bit silly on this occasion. But then, uh, as you said, it seems like that's part of the job. Almost, you know, all their managers seem to you know be a, a bit of a firecracker on the side of the pitch, don't they? Um, yeah, um, I, I don't really know if, if it'll make a difference to the uh, Gold Cup tournament though I mean obviously he's managing from afar um, his right hand man is uh, is in place but uh, I, I don't see it's I don't really see it making that much of a difference uh, Manu would, would you agree with that? It's definitely Mexico's secondary tournament
2: this summer right this, this is no disrespect to the Gold Cup but
1: well, well, I suppose this would be seen as Mexico's B team, just like Germany mm-hmm. sent you know, their B team to the Confederations Cup, right? Yeah, absolutely, and I, it will probably be enough
2: to to go quite deep into this tournament. The United States didn't send their A team either, and the Bruce Arena, the head coach of the United States, it's, it's a very much well, experimental side, but it's it's an MLS side, right? With the European teams uh, not happy releasing their players for this tournament, quite rightly so. He had to more or less call up players from Major League Soccer. And again, that's no disrespect to Major League Soccer, but it isn't the same caliber than even Liga MX. So, you know, I think Mexico will still be the favorites to win this tournament even with this this team you know that doesn't necessarily include all the big names at the moment but still yeah. includes some really interesting players i mean you guys touched on it on the, in the last podcast and i think it will be still enough to to challenge the united states and possibly win this world cup and it's it's not exactly um it's not exactly a tournament that is worth very much because it doesn't qualify you for the next confederations cup either which we don't even know is going to happen I know Mexico in the past took this tournament serious because it would qualify you for, you for the confederations cup but that's not the case here so you know it's a bit of a a wooden spoon I guess
1: yeah that's it I mean I suppose there'll be enough uh, Mexicans uh, taking it fairly seriously and i wanting them to bring home a, a trophy but you know, it's at the end of the day. I I think this is more going to be seen as a uh, practice run for the Liga MX players that don't normally get called into the sides. You know, to gain a little bit of experience and maybe impress Osario. Oh, I mean, we all know that international managers quite often uh, pick players that maybe aren't having the best season uh, or run of games in the league. You know, but they know that it's a player that they can trust and that they know what they're going to get out of him. and maybe like their style of play so you know th- this might be an opportunity for some of those players just to creep into the world cup side uh, whether they have a good season league mx or, or not you know um i mean if we look at the other teams and how they're performing i mean you said the usa you know haven't really brought you know their a team as such either uh and a lot of people were speaking uh, saying that costa rica could be uh, outsiders to, to winners that they've got a strong side uh, and they they won their first game against Honduras, which can always be a tricky one. But uh, then they went and uh, drew with Canada, which it might just be a group stage blip. Um, and they may they may pull it together and have a bit of a run now. But um, it's it's certainly uh, not the type of result and performance that uh, Costa Rica would have liked if they were going to push on and try and take advantage of the the two so called B teams from the uh, the bigger nations.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean. It's a really good result for Canada. So lots of positives there. The, the, <laughs> yeah, you were happy. The, well, the biggest positive is that, you know, young kid, Alfonso Davis, we spoke a bit about him. He's, he's very, very young. Uh, he's 16 still. Um, and he has been, he's now scored three goals in his first, um, three games as a senior member of Canada's national team. You know, I don't care if you do that at the Gold Cup or any tournament for a country like Canada and to do it against a side like Costa Rica. And, you know, he also won it in in the first game when they play, played against French Guinea. Of course, again, not the biggest side, but, you know, he plays against grow grown man and he's gone up to the challenge. And this could be the tournament for him, you know, to really highlight that he is... That he's the real deal. You know, he already plays regular minutes in, for the Vancouver White Cups and Major League Soccer. He's widely regarded as the biggest talent Canada has produced, maybe ever. And, um, it, it looks, it looks good for them. And they only need a draw out of their last game to, to go through to the next, uh, to the next, um, to next stage. And Canada has won this competition before. So, you know, I wouldn't even count them out because, they have they have a really decent side coming up right now, and they can take on. I think this put together United States side, and even the Mexicans. And I know it would be a huge surprise, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually put Canada in the head for one of the the maybe the teams that could win this entire thing.
1: Yeah, it's definitely there for uh, one of the the smaller nations, or well, I say smaller. Canada is not too small at all, but what we say smaller football or soccer nations um, to, to really take advantage. I think, uh, you know, and so yeah, uh, maybe, I mean, the, the thing is with Mexico that it, it's not going to be very often that they're going to be strong at the back. And, you know, some sides like Jamaica that they're going to be playing in just a matter of hours, you know, could take advantage of that, you know, a better strength, a better pace, you know, um, you know, could go a long way against some of these players and, you yeah, who's to say that, you know, say Jamaica don't, you know, really push Mexico or surprise them. You know, if uh, Osario obviously from, from a distance, you know, hasn't got the team set up, you know, as as well as he'd like, and they're maybe not as familiar and, and, and experienced, I suppose. But uh, I, I think the biggest surprise would be if we don't see the likes of uh, USA uh, or or Mexico in the final, really. I, I think that would be a bit of a shock. But I suppose... Um, I suppose we'll just have to wait and see how uh, this one plays out. Um, oh, before we move on, did did you, did you see the uh, Galato in uh, Mexico's first game? Then um, oh, it was the third goal. And um, Pineda, that was a fantastic cross into the box, and then a, a real uh, volley at uh, you know, the far the far uh, well left hand post. I mean, what a well-took goal that was uh, for the Chivas man. I must say, if you have if you haven't seen it. Definitely one worth uh, googling. Um, I, I think at the age of twenty-one, you know, he could uh, he could really have a, a, a great tournament there. So we'll have to see how he gets on against uh, Jamaica. And then, um, yeah, Manu, I, I was saying, um, I'm sure some of the listeners will know anyway, but who exactly are? Was it Curacao?
0: <laughs>
1: I had never even heard of the nation. Maybe my geography and world knowledge is bad, but um, I had to look them up. And the the poor guys have only got two thousand people to pick a squad from. Yeah, Curacao. Um, <laughs> well,
2: Bryce, if you live in this part of the world and you have to follow Concacaf World Cup qualifying. You learn geography quite quick. There is a lot of countries oh, in, in North America.
1: <laughs> I must say it looks beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's somewhere that now I'd like to go, but yeah. I, I didn't. I just uh, you know, the, I'm not going to lie. There's a few teams in this Gold Cup that I hadn't really heard of or didn't really know where they were. But just imagine that they were rather small islands, and so that turns out that it is the case.
2: Yeah, that's that is exactly the case. I mean, you have Martinique as well. Uh, your French uh, Guinea, who, you know, uh, recently tried to field um, former French national team player Malouda, and uh, now uh, facing punishment for that because he's obviously already capped for France. But you, you always get curiosities at this tournament because there's all these tiny little island states that qualify for the Gold Cup. And people always think North America is really just. Or the America, the, the, the cuff is really just, you know, four nations or three nations, which Canada, United States and Mexico. But there's tons of Latin, like countries in the, uh, Central America. And then there's tons of little uh, island states, you know, places like Cuba, Trinidad Tobago, um, Curaçao, French Guinea, Dutch Guinea. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Jamaica and, uh, there's a lot of little countries and that makes it, um, always very curious to see this tournament because obviously unlike the Euros, well, we had Iceland, but you know, even Iceland has 200,000 people. It's, it's, you always see one or two of these countries qualify for this tournament and it always makes it really interesting to watch because they always try to bend the rules a little bit more than the bigger nations would. And um, you get curiosities like you know Florian
1: Mulluda all of a sudden turning out for his second country. Yeah, so so I looked into this actually because I thought that that was a bonkers move on, on their behalf. And uh, they said that uh, when the when the French Guinea normally play um, in one of their more regional uh, cups, uh, that it, they don't abide to a FIFA rules and FIFA regulations, so he's allowed to play for them. Uh, but now that they're in the Gold Cup, it's part of FIFA regulation, and he's already registered as a French player, so obviously he can't play for the two different nations. So, uh, yeah, they're being uh, they're being uh, reprimanded by by the looks of things. They don't know what the outcome's going to be for that, but um, yeah, it d- doesn't look good for them anyway. And uh, I really thought someone there would have thought that through, but uh, we see crazy things in football all the time, mm. don't we? Yes, we do
2: we do and uh the gold cup is the stage for this you know if you we haven't done very much gold cup coverage yet on on footballgrad.com but as we get into the group stage out of the group stage we'll we'll roll up some coverage on the on the once we get into the playoff format you know
1: and uh, try to explain some of the things that go on yeah most certainly we'll uh, cover that in further detail uh, as we uh as we go further into the uh, competition. But, um, yeah, let's uh, leave the Gold Cup uh, alone for the meantime. But we're going to speak about another player that, to a degree, has um, two uh, national sides as well, or at least um, you could argue it that way. And that's uh, Jesse Gonzalez, uh, the goalkeeper for FC Dallas. Um, It turns out that he originally played for the Mexican uh, under-23 side On numerous occasions, um, you've declared his um, nationality to be Mexican and then has uh, reversed that, and he's actually uh, chose to play for the U.S. Um, I mean, he was born in Texas, but I believe that his mother may have been a uh, Mexican. Uh, but, yeah, he, he seems to have swapped over, uh, causing a, a little bit of uh, uproar. I mean, nobody likes to see that, you know, as a supporter of a national side. I know it happens uh, with um, my home nation, uh, Northern Ireland. Um, plenty of times players get called up, and then they get called up by the republic of ireland and they they see the republic as a bigger stronger side and they they go and play for them which uh obviously leaves them for plenty of abuse uh but um yeah uh, manu we'll not we'll, talk about Northern Ireland. it's messy enough uh we'll, we'll talk about uh, jesse gonzalez um well what, what do you think uh when this happens uh, and so why do you think this has happened on this occasion it's always complicated. You know, Jesse Gonzalez is
2: actually born and raised in the United States. He plays for FC Dallas, a club that has a very good youth academy, one of the best, maybe the best in the United States, very good at producing homegrown talent and at the same time still compete on the highest level of Major League Soccer. So, you know, they're very good at this and um, it's you know those border regions, Texas on the one side, Tijuana on the other side. Um, then Juarez, of course, as well. The the interconnection between places like Texas and California and Mexico is very strong, and that means that you get players of dual nationalities, dual citizens, and this is Mexicans and U.S. citizens go through the the soccer youth systems in the United States or the football youth system in Mexico and, you know, Tijuana has a very good academy and they have to, academies all over the United States trying to get the Mexican population to play for them. And I think that means that if you are a dual citizen, it means that you face that very tough choice at some point in your life. If you are play on that level, who are you going to represent? And I can see that being very tough, you know, because he, Jesse Gonzalez, of course, he did represent, as you said, Mexico at the U23 stage and then was called up for the Gold Cup, which, of course, you know, um is not necessarily a call up to the A squad. But he did speak to Osario, said he wanted to represent the United States instead. Some of the statements have been, um you mentioned that his agent said that he wanted more stability playing for the U.S. national team. Of course, um, the the recent firing of Jurgen Klinsmann shows that there isn't the stability only goes that far in the United States. But that's a different topic altogether. I think that I think that you face an honest choice at some point, and you know, being playing in Major League Soccer, there is some rules about being a foreigner in Major League Soccer. You have to pick. At side. Now, he hasn't played yet for the United States. He hasn't played for Mexico's A-side yet either. He And being born and raised with a dual citizenship means that you can go back and forward until you have played in an official FIFA competition. So we may not have heard the end of it. But I think this is just a case of him maybe seeing a better opportunity playing for the A-side rather than, you know stability and all these other things that get thrown up. I think this is really just a better opportunity for him because Mexico do have uh, quite a few good keepers. And we'll, we'll talk about one in just a moment. And I think he's he would have had a tough time breaking into Mexico's starting eleven.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the Mexican national side have quite a few uh, players to pick from it, uh, in the goalkeeping position. And yeah, I, th- I think he would have struggled uh, really. Uh, I suppose he just... It makes a a lot more sense, doesn't it? You know, um, club wise for him, probably at FC Dallas, you know, to be a a homegrown player or a you know US uh, citizen rather than being a foreign player as well. So I think I think you have to understand the situation, don't you? You know, he you maybe wouldn't have played for Mexico. He may stand a better chance for getting in in with the US. And, yeah, it's it just makes um, life probably easier for him at FC Dallas than if he wants to stay in the MLS. So, yeah, I, I think we've got to understand that since uh, yeah kind of disrespect him and say good luck to him, really. Yeah, I think that's but, fair. Well, we'll talk about some other uh, Mexican goalkeepers in Ochoa. He's found himself a new club, hasn't he? Yeah, yes, and he was at Granada. He didn't
2: get any playing time there. Um, Guillermo Ochoa is, of course the starting keeper for for Mexico's national team. And he's now been sold to Standard Leash. Uh, or it's a free transfer, actually, from Malaga, who owned him. Uh, so he played at Granada. He was owned by Malaga. He's now playing at Standard Leash in Belgium. And uh, it's an interesting move, to say the least, because, you know, Belgium isn't exactly known um, to have have been the home for many Mexican players that said you know the, the country that's neighboring Belgium the Netherlands there have been a few um, players that have played there we've we spoken about hearing Lozano for example has moved to the Netherlands Belgian football for me anyways is is uh, on the up the national team has developed it, it's just the right way and Belgian clubs have been very good at developing players and Standard Leash didn't have the best of seasons last year. I believe they finished ninth, right, Bryce? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah. So, you know, they, they need to get in that kind of stability. You know, Choa is a keeper, you know, who plays regularly for the national team. He's been all, all over Europe. He's played for Club America in before he moved to Europe. So he will, he'll, he'll has bring, a, he'll bring a lot of experience to Standard Leash and, um, something that they need.
1: Yeah I think so I think he was one of the standout players at the Confederation Cup as well I mean uh, he he had one or two outstanding games and uh, made a penalty save obviously and yeah I I think it, it's going to be a good signing for uh, Lege. and I you know what Sam, I I know we speak about you know it's it's maybe not the one of the obvious choices uh, in league or country to go to within Europe but um yeah I, I I think it's a good move for him he, he needs regular playing time and um, uh, you know the, there was talk that um he possibly one of the factors of him going there was that he's not going to be in a relegation battle or at least shouldn't be in a relegation battle you know they they should be pushing for maybe a european spot or really I mean standardly as you know, with their history they they should be pushing for the title you know against the likes of Anderlecht you know and uh, you maybe he, he he just thought you know what it'd be nice to get some playing time, not concede lots of goals, and you know, maybe push on and win something. You know, and you you can't really deny him that. Uh, I think uh, the playing time alone will make him a a better player for for tre And the year before you go to a World Cup as well, you know you want to have you know, the the season of your life really. You want to go into that. You know, on on the best form you possibly can, and put you in in the best stead. So, yeah, I I, I think it could be it could be a strong move for him. And um, yeah, it was it was. Good. I mean, maybe you've seen him at the uh, Confederations Cup or seen some of the games uh, that he was featuring, in, even if you weren't um, in the grounds, and yeah, he he had a pretty good tournament, I thought.
2: Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, I think you know I kind of want to reverse that he did actually play quite a bit. He was the starting keeper for. Granada last season, but Malaga obviously didn't want to keep him and uh, relegation battle in Spain can be can be difficult to play. So um, I think he needs to play and I think that will be what um, Osaria will want from him be going into going into this the the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia. At the Confederations Cup, I thought he was actually quite good. He... uh, Obviously, like all of Mexico, like the entire national team, he had uh, a terrible game in the semifinal against Germany. But um, that's the kind of game where they needed to open up because they got scored on very quickly for by Germany. And you know, once you open up to Germany, that's um, basically suicide. Um, yeah, in Mexico is not the first country to have fallen at the semifinal um, to Germany, so. I think he, I personally think he's a good keeper. He's 32 now. I can see him play for one or two more years in Europe and make this World Cup squad and then possibly return to, to Mexico to see out his career there. And he's very well liked. You know, when you go to Mexico, you see, you see his face in a lot of advertisement he's very present on the streets in advertisement. And, you know, he's obviously very much liked by, um, Mexican national team fans. So I think. I think this, this will be a good move for him. He will be helping Standard Leash to, to possibly go back to European football. And it's a great, it's actually a great uh, team to play for. I've been to Leash during the time I lived in Amsterdam and it's, um, one of the loudest, uh, most fearful places that you can play at because the stadium is just, you know, it's one of those industrial heartlands in, in Europe and then you can see the uh, coal mine towers behind the stadium and there's flames coming out of these coal mine towers and the team is called the red devils
1: and yeah it's it's going to be a cool fit i think i'm I'm looking forward to see him there yeah he's very much a lively character isn't he and he's uh, a very determined player as well and um, yeah I, th- I think this this could be a really good fit for him um actually um uh, other players uh, on the uh, move uh, we, we, you know, we've got to speak about uh godaro who's um Left PSV, the um, Eredivisie, and he, he's moved to Real Betis in uh, La Liga. I mean, this is also a, in my opinion, I think that's another really good move as well. I mean, La Liga uh, is a much, um, much superior uh, league than Eredivisie, and yeah, I, th- I think this uh, this could be a an- another another positive move for El Tre. Really, uh, Manu, what, what do you think of uh, Codato's
2: move? It's one that surprised me a bit because he was very important for PSV but we are going to have actually someone right for Dutch on Dutch football for the football network so that's something to look forward to and uh, PSV are rebuilt, so i assume that you know they they decided that that was a piece that they could get that go off in order to strengthen um strengthen other parts of the squad um i really like Guadrado. I think he was very, he's very important for the national team. You see what happens when he's not in the squad. He was one of the players missing against Germany, I believe. So I think, um, it will be interesting to see how he does in La Liga. It's Spanish football. We sort of discussed this is a bit different, you know, d- despite the fact that there is, of course, it's the same language, but we, we both mentioned how Spanish football is very different from Mexican football and the, the fact that it is more um, tactical, more um passing game rather than the the power football that you see in uh, Liga MX, and so it's going to be a very interesting move for him. And um, really curious to see how he gets on. Uh, Real Betis is, of course, they're a bit of a yo-yo team in recent years in Spain. So. Um, he'll be facing a very different challenge there than he did when he played with PSV Eindhoven, who of course um, played in the Champions League.
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean, uh, Bet is—you—they know, finished fifteenth last year, so it's—it's it's not like he's going into a side that's going to be, uh, well, you—you you know, unless we say Real Madrid, Barcelona, or Atletico uh, Madrid, that's you know they're not going to be—you comp- know—competing for the title. There, but you know, they're a team that you know would like to be in Europe, uh, but it's 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 going to be a tough task for them after uh, finishing so lowly last year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a positive move for him as well. I mean, he he, he played um, previously and uh, you know and got quite a few appearances uh, in La Liga for Deportivo La Coruña. Mm, that's right. Uh, yeah, when he moved from uh, Mexico, uh, I mean. He he was really quite um, you know a fan favorite there. I mean, if you look at his stats, 137 appearances, 23 goals, but he he was playing a little bit higher up on the left side then than what he does nowadays. Um, he's been known to play as a wing back or, or a left back at times rather than uh, attacking uh, further up the pitch. But yeah, I mean again if if he can have a a good season you know get a few assists get a few goals you bet he's finished strong that's only going to be a good thing for the national side you know going into the world cup cuz you know he's such a vitally important player for um Eltrey and yeah again you know momentum and confidence is, is a big thing
2: yeah 100% agree you know and that's that's what he needs because it's a world cup year right
1: yeah, very much so, but um, yeah, there's lots of rumours uh, circulating, uh, Manu, about uh, Gary Medel going to uh, Tigres. Uh, do, do you think that this one's going to get over the line? And you know, how how big a coup is this going to be for uh, Liga MX? I mean, this is Gary Medel that's uh, of uh, Interbalan that we're speaking of, and and he featured for them quite a lot, didn't he? You know, he's 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 quite. Quite small, stocky, but he 's fiery he can play defensive midfield or or even a center back and you know time i've seen him i've been impressed he's been linked with Premier League sides, so you know if I go to answer my own question, I would say that it would be a, quite a big coup. and um, you know, a, a coup for for tigres as well, not just the league um, would you agree with that
2: yeah, absolutely one hundred percent, and they need someone because they lost Pizarro to um sevilla right that's um a transfer that's going to hurt them quite badly in in my opinion something that i, I found a bit surprising that you know that that transfer in particular mm-hmm. the um pizarro to uh, sevilla um when i
1: saw- about, uh, i mean uh, talking about another uh- Another great um, sign, or a great move for the player, you know. Yeah. That that's a great move for for Pizarro as well, isn't it? I mean, I mean he's a he's a hell of a talent.
2: Guido Pizarro, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a good move for him, and he's we we saw how important he is for um, for Tigres, right? He's twenty seven. He's a dual Argentine Mexican citizen. So I guess this was really the last chance for him to maybe go to Europe and make a name for himself. And, well, Sevilla, a good club to sign players. But, of course, losing a player like him means you will have to bring someone in. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Inner Valencia in a moment, but that's a very different type of player. And Gary Medel, you know, he played uh, center-back for for Chile at the Confederations Cup, um, position that I don't really like to see him play in. Uh, I think that the German, uh, the attacking, uh, attacking line, German attacking line had a bit of a field day with him at the final because, you know, he is, he's agile and quick, but, uh, he, his size makes it very difficult to defend against guys like Goretzka, Draxler, Timo Werner, who are all a little bit taller, a bit more athletic than he is. And, you know We know Liga MX likes these um, shorter guys that are a bit qu- quicker on the turn, maybe. Um So it would be a really good environment for him. Inter Milan, a bit of a funny club. They're now owned by the Chinese, and um they will probably make some massive changes. So I could see this happening simply because... Inter Milan will have to watch their financial fair play situation quite closely, which means they will have to bring in money. And Tigres are a club that have a lot of money and now will have to bring in a player. So we'll keep an eye on that one. It's the information that we have. is just the information that we got that they are interested, that Medel has um, it, been talked about, but there's it, nothing concrete yet.
1: Yeah, there were, there were some rumors speculating last week that you know, he was uh, bound for his uh, medical, but I think that was a bit premature. I, do, uh, I don't think it's uh, the well, the deal's been, you know, it's, it's that far down the road yet, will we say? So uh, let, let's see what happens. And uh, yeah, we, we obviously talked uh, quite a few uh, podcasts back about the uh, possibility of uh, Fernando Torres going to uh, Cotaro. Um, and it looks like, uh, unfortunately, that deal. Is uh, dead in the water as well with uh, Fernando Torres signing an extension at Atletico Madrid. So that's that's a bit of a shame, but we're we're always close to having a, another big star at uh, Liga MX, and, and one that's um, actually turned up for Tigres, um, who might be um, joining a Madel if uh, things turn out right, is uh, Enner Valencia, who's um, who was at West Ham. Um, he spent a little bit of time on loan even at Everton, uh, but I I think this this is a is a really good move for Tigres. They're just they're throwing somebody else really attacking. that can get goals in there as well. I mean, Tigres just have such firepower up top. I mean, other Liga MX uh, fans uh, will be uh, will will be uh, happy to see him come back. Um, Probably because you know he, he was there with Pachuca before, and you know he he only had uh, one season, twenty three games, but he he was on fire there, eighteen goals, and that's what got him the move to Europe. Um, yeah, I mean, Manu, how, how big a how big a deal is this for for Tigres? Hey, eh? I mean, it's going to be very hard to to keep them out when you're playing against them.
2: Yeah, that's that's a really good move. It's a bit surprising, but. I mean, I'm not as familiar with what's happening at um, it's West Ham, right? So, he played yeah, that's 20 right. yeah. 24 games there, and last season he scored three goals, two assists. I mean, that's not huge numbers, but it's not bad numbers either. Uh, he can play as a center forward, he can play left, he can play right, and um, you know that's it's the kind of player. Yeah, I'm curious to see where they're going to put him. To be quite frank, because when that was that was the area where I did not think tigers were weak. When you look that they have Vargas, they have Gignac, uh, Mauro Fernandez, Jurgen Damm, of course, who we talk quite a bit, right? Ismael Souza, and then on the left, Yavi Achino. So you know that there's a lot of players there already, and um, that was maybe the one area of the squad where I did not see um, any problems from them. That said, they are going to play, they're going to play Champions League, Uh Cup Champions League. They're going to play the various, the various competitions that they have in Mexico. The, the coba Max, of course, the, well, actually, that's not true. They're not playing coba Max, right? Because uh, Concord Champions League teams don't go to the coba Max. So, you know, there will be lots of football for him to be played, but, that's it's a it's a funny one we know Tigers. um i mean bryce we we chat about that all the time off the pod Tigers are a little bit like the they're the team with the with the biggest coffin of coffers right they have a lot of money and Mm -hmm. they're always the, the side that can bring in players from europe that are more expensive than anyone else i mean Ena valencia's market value is 10 million euros that doesn't sound like a lot and the craziness that we're used to in europe but that's a lot of money uh, for liga mx sides and he, he's only 27 he's ecuadorian and i uh, you know it's, yeah. it's 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 a good signing for them in the sense that it will sell the shirts but i don't know
1: i'm curious to hear your opinion because where are they going to put him I mean, I'm not entirely sure where they're going to put him. I mean, it's it's a great thing for them, you know, to have in the squad really, you know, more players of this quality because, you know, as you said, he may not have got uh, too many goals uh, the last few years in the Premier League, but he he does have the potential um to score lots of goals, I and mean, he's been to Liga MX before and scored you know, with Pachuca, so he's he's got that experience where he plays. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe they know something we don't and that Mm. somebody is going to leave. That was my thought. Yeah. So I'm not too sure. I'm I'm sure we'll be covering it uh, in the next, uh, next few weeks if there is uh, uh, any movement there, but maybe not. I mean, it's, you know, they do have a lot of games to play this year and We have seen Tigres on too many occasions get to the final, um, well, many a finals, uh, and blow their chances. Maybe they're just trying to make sure that they've got the squad depth, and they've got the players there, so if they get any suspensions, any injuries, Mm. or they need to bring a man off the bench, they've got the firepower to get goals, and you you know, maybe, maybe that's just the answer. Maybe they're sick of being runners up, you know, and they want to make sure that, you know, they, they, they win it all. I mean, they they were absolutely devastated last year in the two finals, weren't they?
2: Yeah, you, you may be on to something. And Eduardo Vargas, um, the guy that can do it all for Chile and cannot do it at all for the club sides that he plays for, hasn't really convinced. So this will put some pressure on him.
1: Yeah, I mean, do we talked. We've talked about Vargas on numerous occasions and I, I, I don't know or I'm always surprised by how many people are just disappointed that he hasn't come good again. Who's to say? He might be more settled, you know, and... You know, he may hit the ground running at uh, this season, and, and to be honest, I, I think your know, entertainment wise, it'd be great if he did because he scored some fantastic goals for Chile. I mean, he was a very good striker for Universidad Chile uh, many years ago, but you know, he's been he's been around the block with quite a few clubs since then, and it hasn't really worked for him, has it? So, so yeah, I I, I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll just see. Uh, him as maybe a, a backup but um, he's a very expensive uh, backup to have and I can say that about any of those three players, Gignac, uh, Vargas or Valencia you know because uh, Valencia has come from the Premier League and uh, as we know from you know, the, the Gegenpressen podcast uh, the Bundesliga we cover on there um, just how much money the the Premier League have you know so I'm I'm sure he was on a rather hefty contract and they probably had to give him something fairly similar when he was returning to Mexico. So there's going to be a little bit of pressure on him, I think. But um, I I think Tigres, amongst maybe a Monterey, and maybe a a few surprise ones this year, but uh, they're going to be one of the big hitters, aren't they? They're going to be there or thereabouts, you would imagine. Um, But, yeah, we're going to talk now about... um, well, about the two games this weekend. So we said that obviously Liga MX doesn't start this Friday. Uh, Friday the fourteenth. Am I get my dates right? Yeah, Friday the fourteenth. It doesn't yeah. happen. Um, but this weekend there are some games, and they're both at the StubHub Center in California on Sunday, or depending oh, I on can't where you're wait, your region. man.
2: Bryce, I, you and, know I'm so excited yeah. for this. <laughs>
1: I know I know as we said the international teams are one thing but bring on Liga MX even if it is the uh, well the two cups for nothing really but they're going to be fiery and I I just can't wait I'm going to be so tired going into work on Monday but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter Uh, so uh, how about let's talk about the Supercopa MX first Mm. Uh, so who's playing in this and how do you get to play in this? So, we're, we're, how much time have we got? This could take a while. Yeah, uh, we have fifteen minutes. And <laughs> okay, okay let's, let's do this. <laughs> so,
2: remember how we said that usually there is uh, a super cup, right? But the super cup in every other country on the planet, or in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, sees the champion play against the cup winner now mexico they do things different we mentioned that there is an opening champion and a closing champion now this is true for both hold your breath it's true for both the league and the cup yes you heard this right they have a cup competition in the opening season and then they play an entirely new cup competition in the closing season so in Mexico, that means that they have to play a Super Cup between the two winners of the... So the winner of the opening cup and the winner of the closing cup. So that will be the Super Copa winner, right? Which usually would mean um, it would be the, the teams that won the opening and closing cup. Now, this year, that's a little bit more complicated because Chivas... We'll get to the the other Super Cup in just a second. Chivas won the Clausura, so the league championship closing season in 2017, which means they cannot play in both the Super Copa and the Campion de Campeones, which sees the two national champions play against each other. So they have to do this a little bit different, Bryce. And maybe you'll talk us through that part.
1: Yeah, um, even I'm listening to it slowly and glad you're speaking slowly (laughs) because it is a little bit complicated. So as you said, you've got the Supercopa MX. So this is the the winners of both the Copa MX's, as you said, the opening season and the closing season, one being before Christmas and one after Christmas. And then you've got the Champion de Champions, which is the winner of the Liga MX title, before Christmas and then the winner after Christmas. So, <laughs> so Chivas obviously uh, won the cup and they won the Liga MX title, um, and they after Christmas one. Uh, so that means that they obviously can't feature in two games in two days. So in one day that means these are this, oh, is, sorry, a du- this one is a day. this is a double header. Yes, sorry, this is a double header. Both in the StubHub Center. One played early in the day, one played in later in the day. Both not in Mexico, in California. Yes, uh, don't even ask. Uh, but that means that they're obviously going to play um, in the second game, the Champions, the Champions, which is going to be both the Liga MX uh, winners. So, <laughs> I'm trying to do this slowly so we all understand. I mean, it was a bit bit of a surprise to us when we first came across it. So, that means that Tigres are going to play uh, Chivas. That's in the later game, okay? In the uh, Copa MX, so the two cup winners, you're going to see Katara take on America. Um, yeah, where do we even begin with this? Good Lord. Um, so, so Katara won it... Before Christmas, after Christmas, in the in the cup competition again, uh, you're probably asking why are America in it? Because uh, America didn't finish runners up. So how does that get decided? Well, they decided that uh, it would be the cup side that had got the would have got the most amount of points, aggregate points, uh, within the competition. Then get a chance to uh, play in the final. How do they come up with this? You know, I'd love to be at that uh, a boardroom uh, decision. You know, it's fantastic, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, it it takes a lot for us to understand, and we're quite into the league, and it takes us quite a lot to explain to people that want to be in the league. Uh, so, so yeah, it's it, it's quite interesting. But we've got two games this weekend, both at StubHub Center, as we said. The first one's going to be Kotaro uh, against. Club America, the Super Copa MX, the winner of this used to get into the uh, Copa Libertadores, like the, the, the more or less the uh, the Champions League over there, but. Uh, uh, Champions like League South, of South America, yeah, of the South America, which which Mexico now do not feature in. Uh, it's uh, maybe
2: they might feature again next year, but well, we'll get to that when that happens, we'll cover
1: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't worry about that for now. We'll we'll move on from that. But yeah, so so now that unfortunately both these cup games are are played just uh, for pride uh, and a bit of a trophy and normally when you look at the likes of the charity shields uh, within say england um the the teams don't really care you know there's it's more of a friendly more of a warm-up or whatever glorified friendly people would say but in this i mean you know in, in mexico that they, they always care you know so it, it, it's going to be a fantastic opening mm. to the season with with two games rather than one
2: bryce isn't it curious You know, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I wonder if they just came up with a formula that pretty much would ensure that America is there. You know, because that's what it's the together with Chivas. You will basically get a double header. One of those double headers will feature 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 Chivas, uh, which has 50% of the Mexican fan base, right? And the other one features America, which arguably has the other 50% of Mexico's football fan base. It's, um, you're saying, how did they come up with this? I'm pretty sure they basically said, we'll need America there because Chivas are there and they'll figure out some kind of mathematic
1: formula to make sure that America will get there. They had to. They <laughs> just had to, didn't they? I mean, who's to say ne- next year, you know, it could be a different rule or maybe we're wrong. Maybe this rule has been in place for a long time, but it just seems a bit too co- coincidental, doesn't it?
2: a little bit. I mean, we have arguably we have tigers there as well. A huge side, right? With a huge following. We have Chivas there. We got Carataro there.
1: Uh, not, they're, the, they're the only team kind of uh, upsetting them, really. You, yeah. You'd you expect um, well, probably if, if you're going off supporters, maybe Cruz Azul to be yeah. there, but um, uh, oh, well, Chuka. Yeah.
2: But, you know, but, they couldn't help that. Uh, carrot tower did actually win the upper tour of copa max so they had to go but, yeah we can't take that away from <laughs> them. even there they couldn't figure out a way to do this but you know we're in for a treat and um it's it's going to be two very good games I'm, I'm i mean i'm looking forward to it i basically get 180 maybe more uh, minutes of mexican football on, on tv now, the the one thing I'm a little bit worried about is the fact that LA Galaxy, so this the, the Stop Hub Center, I know it's a very traditional sounding, sounding name for a football ground, um, is the home of the LA Galaxy. Now, this is, if you're not familiar to it, this, this is the former team of David Beckham. And they are playing another former team of David Beckham in Manchester United, the day before, so I don't. <laughs> the groundkeepers, um, I mean, they will be in twenty four seven call up because they basically that pitch will see three games in less than forty eight hours.
1: Yeah, really. Well, I'm trying to look at their schedule here because it's quite demanding. But LA Galaxy two, you're playing on Thursday night as well. But what, what tonight? Yeah, tonight.
2: So this is all happening at that same stadium. And they do concerts and stuff there too. And this is not an artificial pitch stadium. This is real grass. So um,
1: that's going to be... They also played the Vancouver Whitecaps July 19th. That's a lot lot of games in quick succession. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, and then they smack in that uh, friendly game with Manchester United in there. Of course, it's the International Champions Cup right now that's kicking off in the United States and in China. Where a lot of European teams they come over here and they play they play a set of friendly matches. We'll actually have someone at the International Champions Cup of the Football Crowd Network, Alexei Yaroshevsky, who a lot of LFC, you know, listeners will be very familiar with. He covers our tournament. He covered it for us last year and he's covering it for us this year. He's accredited and he's going to travel around and bring us some reports and interviews. So Uh, Expect a lot more from that, uh, from that tournament to come. But yeah, so that's, that's happening there. So uh, as part of this tournament, the teams are playing, uh, big European teams playing each other, but they're also playing um, teams from, from the MLS. And last, a couple of years ago, I went to the International Champions Cup and there was uh, Manchester United playing Club America down here in Seattle. So, you know, this is, this is a busy, busy part of the North American football schedule because you have League MX starting Major League Soccer of course is now in its in its biggest part of the season because they play in the the they start their season in the early spring and they play till November and you know all, all the European teams are here so this is a very crazy time to be in North America and on top of that we have the Gold Cup so You know, the a place like the Startup Center is going to be very busy, but these these are going to be two very exciting games. I mean, Bryce, it'd be very hard at this point to call a winner in any of those two games, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be players, you know, I I suppose being introduced to the side, but there's also going to be players of the Gold Cup. Uh, So, who exactly turns out for the team? I'm not entirely sure, uh, but it's, it's going to be, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be entertaining no matter what happens. And yeah, I don't know. I I suppose maybe America, you would imagine to probably be Kotaro. I mean, they didn't finish very highly, um, the second half of the season, you know, finishing only, uh, 11th. They didn't make the, uh, they didn't make the knockouts. Um, but who's to say right uh, and then i mean in the other game tigris and uh, chivas uh, that that should just be that should just be a lot of fun really and uh, both these teams have uh, enough quality in their sides that if there's a few players away with like say you're know, the or at the uh, gold cup they they, sh- they still have enough quality there and so yeah the fans are the fans are in for a treat i think with these and i just seen online as well that the cheapest ticket for both games was fifty dollars. I mean, that's an absolute steal. <laughs> I mean, no, we're going to have to move over to uh, L.A. I think.
2: That's a lot of money if you uh in. Well, when you think about it, that's the cheapest ticket or the most expensive price. That's the cheapest for two games. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's actually all right when you think about it for the double header. So if you're in the LA area, and I reckon there was a few listeners that are, um, I could only suggest going. I mean, I'll be going if I hadn't uh, spent most of football grad's budget going to the FIFA Confederations Cup. I would find a way out to go down there, um, but sadly that's not going to happen. But Bryce, I mean, that's that's basically um, that's the last uh, last big you know games set of games before this action kicks off next week, right? So. What's your prediction? Oh,
1: we talked about this last week on the pod. I mean, how I went to uh, Javier and he put it well. He was like, "Whatever prediction I make is not going to happen." So I don't (laughs) even know why I'm doing this, but I said you're doing it. Um, who's gonna win? Uh. Or, oh, I don't know. I, I think teams to look out for I mean, it's Tigres are always entertaining. I mean, they, as we said, they've got the big stars. Monterey have made some uh, fantastic signings uh, in the draft. So they're going to be very strong. And they were already strong last year, but just got stronger. Uh, Chucky Lozano's left. Uh, Pachuca, though. Um, I, I I think as much as he's a fantastic player, I I think they'll be able to cope okay without him. I mean, he was uh, he was out for a few games last year, and that didn't seem to uh, knock them too much. Uh, Leon, as uh, our our guest there, or Price. one of our
2: the 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 the, the two two super copers.
1: Oh, both these games. Yeah. Oh. I was talking about the season. Yeah, um, mate. <laughs> well, I'll just finish. they will say that Leon, I think, could have a good season as well, and Nakaxa is an outsider. But uh, in these games, uh, I'm gonna put my neck on the line and say that America will win the uh, the Super Cup, and I would say let's go for. I'm gonna go for Chivas uh, for the Champions League champions.
2: Stealing my sandwich there. I, I was going <laughs> America and Chivas as well. I think that's a good bet. As for the league season, I'm making prediction about that next week. (laughs) I'm not ready to tackle that yet.
1: (laughs) That's why I was saying, I was basically listing a load of teams rather than making one guess because God knows. But I am excited. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm sure my girlfriend will be glad to hear a goal Mm -hmm. screamed out um, at uh, 1, 2 or 3 in the morning uh, in the flat and, and then probably hear me jumping up and down but um yeah she'll just have to deal with that i suppose but um yeah let, let's wrap it up there i mean everybody try and tune in to see those games if you're not um into Liga mx but you want to th- this will be a good place to start off uh it'll be a bit of an introduction to both sides um and the uh if you're based in the in the in this side of the world in europe uh, the Super Copa mx isn't on too late it's on at half uh, 10 uk time so um uh, you could at least uh do that one uh maybe give the other one a mess at 3 but um yeah it, it, it's it's gonna be a good place to start and then the week after well let the let the madness begin so matter if you got anything to uh, anything you'd like to uh, plug or where can people find you uh, on the likes of uh, twitter and such
2: yeah, we got, I mean, what, what do we not have going on? Um, Bryce, this, this was a big day, um, on football ground because, you know, um, there's always big transfer news. I don't want to get into too much detail, but, um, if you want to find transfer stories that or, or European based, French for football ground life is where it's at. Um, footballgrad.com foosballstart.com footballsidage.com all those sites have you covered one way or another and we'll we'll try to up up our gold cup coverage uh, to a certain extent but uh, you know Liga MX starting next week so we'll we'll have of course our Golazzo podcast next week before the league kicks off but I reckon we'll have a couple articles out too just to warm people up and um, get them ready for the season to kick off
1: yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, obviously, um, I've been a little bit quiet on the uh, article front, uh, but I'll try and wrap it up a, a little notch. And um, you'll probably see my uh, vlogs come in on uh, on the Monday mornings as as well, just uh, summing up the weekend. And we'll try and get to the likes of uh, Javier and Ollie involved mm. too. But um, uh, until then, I think we're just going to sign off a, a little bit and just say uh, enjoy the El Trey game and uh, enjoy the the two cup games over the weekend we'll certainly be uh, tweeting uh, about them and uh, covering them on Football Grads and my personal account at Bryston11 but uh, until next week thank you very much for tuning in goodbye
0: This is John Grills from The Creepy Podcast. With Best Christmas Ever on AMC+, every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, to modern iconic family classics like The Polar Express and The Year Without a Santa Claus, you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. Plus, you get a stocking stuffed with highly acclaimed AMC series like The Walking Dead and Mad Men. New series like Gangs of London and The Walking Dead World Beyond. And you're also getting your favorite iconic Christmas movies without having to search. AMC Plus is available on all your devices. Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus. Only the good stuff. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right?